Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Today we're going to be doing part two on Soul Winner. And God spoke to this to my heart a couple weeks back. He said, soul winning is not what you do, but being a soul winner is who you are. And that's what this whole part series is all about. And today, part two, I want to talk about breaking the barrier of one. Breaking the barrier of one. The Bible says this in Matthew 18, verse 12, in the New Living Translation, for those who like to take notes. The Bible says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is wandering away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go and search for one that is lost? Breaking the barrier of one. In other words, leading your first person to Christ ever. You know, statistics say that over 95% of believers of the whole entire church has never led anybody to Jesus. Not even one time. It's such a staggering statistics because our whole faith is based on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. Jesus clearly said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But I want to talk about a couple different things that is the barrier surrounding people from even getting to leading one person to Jesus. I'm going to break this down for you so that by the end of this uh, series here, especially this part, you're going to be full of faith and ready to go because the barriers have been brought down so you can go forth and break that ultimate barrier, which is leading one person to Christ. So if you're taking notes, this will be a good good one to take notes on a couple different points. Point number one, trying to answer why is the statistic so high and how to break these barriers down. Number one, the spirit of fear. Fear is a real thing. Fear is a spirit. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Right where you're at, say, God has given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Get that in your mind. Get that in your heart. Get that in your spirit. He has not given you a spirit of fear. So one of the barriers right off the get-go that keeps people from leading anyone else to Christ is fear. Many are just flat out scared to death to tell anybody about Jesus. And I'm talking primarily to Americans. I mean, let alone being in a country where you actually can be killed for your faith. In America, you can say, as of right now, you can say whatever you want to say and you're okay. And so you can literally, no one is going to arrest you. No one is going to kill you if you tell somebody that Jesus loves him. Yet, 95% of believers, and we're working as hard as we can to lower that statistic, and it probably is lower at this point with many other churches getting on board, leading others to Jesus, training their people up. But the reality is this, they're just people are just flat out scared. And we have to deal with the spirit of fear. You know, the number one fear uh, in America is public speaking, speaking in front of other people. I remember when I was in a speech class, I mean, nobody, nobody wanted to speak. I mean, everybody was straight up afraid. I mean, even in college, after high school, you had to do it in high school, then you had to do it in college. No one wanted to volunteer to be number one. 
No one ever wanted to do speech class because that number one fear is real. It's public speaking. No one wants to say the right, the wrong thing. And uh, that's trickled down even to not, not even being on the stage, but just talking to strangers. People are afraid to talk to other people. And we got to break that because God has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He's given us a spirit, the opposite of fear. He's given us a spirit to go out in the spirit of faith. And we have to walk in this thing. And so we have to deal with fear. And I, I want to tell you, you know, I've, I've shared the in the previous uh, part, part one, about the first time I ever went out. I was afraid. I was afraid to talk to anybody. I was afraid to say the wrong thing. I was, I was totally afraid uh, to do anything. But the best way to handle anything, you need to write this down and get a hold of this. The best way to deal with anything, especially when it's a spirit of fear, uh, a spirit of lack, a spirit, uh, you know, just dealing with things is to operate in the opposite spirit, to move in the opposite spirit. If you want to deal with fear, take it head on. What do I mean by that? If you're afraid to talk to somebody else, go and talk to somebody else because you'll you'll see how fear is quickly broken by operating in the opposite spirit. If you're in lack, give. You operate in the opposite spirit and it breaks that, that spirit of lack, that spirit of poverty. This is about soul winning, so I'm going to stay along those lines. But it's whatever you're dealing with, operate in the opposite spirit and watch what happens. If there's hatred, operate in love and watch how love will, will crush that hatred. So how do you want to deal with fear? First off, perfect love casts out all fear. God is love. The more you get to know God, the more fear leaves you and more of love fills you. And perfect love will cast out fear. So one, you need to get closer to God, get into your word and all that. But in the area of soul winning, because I was in my word, I was praying in the spirit, I was seeking God, but yet I still had a fear try to come on me. And it even still, believe it or not, almost eight years into this thing, fear still tries to come on me when I go soul winning, but I have to operate in the opposite spirit. You have to break that thing, take it head on. Just like when David was, uh, was challenged by Goliath, he didn't run from him. He actually was the only one who had a spirit of, of faith who ran towards the giant and took him down. You have to have that same spirit of faith where you're going to run towards the thing that's trying to hinder you. You know, this is what hinders most believers. Why is, why is most of the church not experiencing the supernatural in their life? Because the Bible says this, to seek first the kingdom of God. Well, part of seeking first the kingdom of God is seeking out the things that he loves. And Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. We know that. And so people are missing out on a portion of their Christianity because they ref they refuse because of fear to share their faith with someone else. And you had to take that thing head on. So number one, you got to deal with fear. You got to get that out of your life. And you have to deal with that thing head on. Number two, you got to get rid of this mindset uh, that I'm about to bring forth. So num number one, get rid of fear. Number two, there's a mindset that has crept into the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole, the whole universal church of Jesus Christ, not any particular singular church. But the church has hidden behind missions, or in other words, the church is hidden behind the preachers, the fivefold, and missions. What do I mean by that? Well, there's an attitude that goes around in, in individuals that I don't really need to lead anybody to Jesus because that's my pastor's job. Or that's the, that's the job of the evangelist. 
or that's the job of my missionary who I support. And though that statement is true, it is their, it is our job. I'm an evangelist. It is our job to lead people to Jesus as part of what we do, but we are not the only ones to do that. We are called specifically in Ephesians, the Bible says, that God has given some gifts unto men, pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, and prophets for the perfecting of the saints and to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Our job as ministers is to equip our people, the people we uh, we interact with, the people we teach, the people we preach to, we are to equip them for the work of ministry. Well, what is the work of ministry? The work of ministry is leading other people to Jesus primarily. There's more to it, but that's the that's the main thing. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That co- great commission still remains the same. So my job as an evangelist is to equip the believers to go out and share their faith. And so you have to remove that mindset that this is what my pastor does only, but rather this is what my pastor does and should be doing, but I should also be doing it as well because his job is to equip me to go. His job is to give me the word of God, to feed me, to get me full of faith, to go out and share my faith. And and you don't have to have a title to share your faith. The Bible says in Corinthians, it talks about... Paul says that each one of us has been given a, given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to 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 reconcile uh, back to another, to come back, to bring back into right relationship with with the person who we need to be in relationship, to reconcile, to to make uh, amends between two, and that means people, sinners are separated from God, and God is looking to make amends with his with his children. But we have to present the gospel. We have to tell people that God loves them, that he wants to He wants to save them, that he wants to set them free from the law of sin and death. We have to tell people, and then they can be re- reconciled, reconciled back to God, back to the Creator. Because sin entered into the world in Genesis when uh, Eve and Adam sinned. They sinned, they, they ate of the forbidden fruit, they were cast out. That separated them from God. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus Christ to reconcile man back to the Father. And the only way you get that is if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that he paid the price for people's sin. How will people know unless somebody is sent, though? Romans 10 talks about this. That how will people call upon him in whom they've never heard? How will they know unless a preacher is sent? That preacher is not your pastor only. That preacher is not me as an evangelist only. It is all believers. All of us have a testimony. All of us who are saved and born again have a testimony, has a story about how God saved you. And there's somebody out there who needs to hear that story. They need to hear the gospel. They need to know that Jesus died for them. And and they need to know that, that there's a Savior who is waiting to save them. And it requires you to have the mindset that it's not up to the missionaries only. It's not up to the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists only. But it is up to me. It is up to you, listener, who is listening right now. There's people 
who you can get to who I will never be able to get to. You work in a workplace that I will never work at. That means you have employees around you who I will never meet, but you are meeting them on a daily basis. And God has given you the ministry of reconciliation to tell them that Jesus loves them, that he died for them, and that there's a free gift called salvation, that if they would call upon his name, they shall be saved. You know, there's many people who have done great things for God who have been saved outside of a church. They were saved by someone who would just step out and tell them that God loves them, that he has a plan for their life. We can't wait on the five-fold ministry gifts to do all of the work. We have to get behind the five-fold ministry gifts, and yes, we need to support them, but we need to get behind them in winning the lost and telling other people about Jesus because time is running out. Time is running very, very short. So part of that 95% is people have held on to this idea that it's only about my pastor or my teacher, and we, we are crushing that today in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I am called to be a soul winner. You're called to be a soul winner. It's not what you do, it's who you are. You are a soul winner. You are destined with the DNA of Jesus Christ to go and tell somebody else about Jesus. It's in your DNA, it's who you are. And everyone's a soul winner. If you're your pastor should be a soul winner. Every person who's saved should be a soul winner. There's people who need to hear him. And so we had to crush that mindset that it's not about uh, the minister going out and sharing Jesus. It's about all of us going out and sharing Jesus. And then my point number three, which has a little bit less to do with you as an individual, but more to do with those who have been preaching, is we have to recognize this fact. Not every church talks about soul winning and not every person in the pulpit has equipped the believers to go out and win the lost and that's left the believers at a place and this may be you may not be but it could be you where they're not equipped on even how to share their faith through any method whatsoever see i want to talk a little bit about the method first because people get hung up on methods jesus was a man who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's Acts 10.38. The Bible also says that many times you can read through the Gospels. And if you've never recognized this before, I want to encourage you today to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see every single account like this in a fresh way. But Jesus would go out and he would heal people. And he would deal with people and he would he would cast devils out. And even at times he would tell people that their sins would be forgiven of them. And there was a group of people who would rise up called the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and as uh, a great pastor would say, the wouldn't sees and the couldn't sees. The religious people would rise up and give Jesus a hard time. And it wasn't necessarily for what he was doing because he was bringing results. I mean, people who were who were not... Uh, who were sick for so long were instantly healed in a moment. They can't deny a healing that just took place. A man who was dropped from the roof of a house, and his friends ripped the roof open, and he dropped him down, and he said, your sins are forgiven. And then people got angry, who are you, to say sins are forgiven. And he said, how much harder is it uh, for sins to be given than for him to be healed? Take up your mat and walk. And he was instantly healed. You can't deny the fact that this man is now instantly healed. So they couldn't deny the, the facts, but what they didn't like is they didn't like his methods. They didn't like how he did things. 
well, you know, he's doing, he's healing people on the Sabbath. We shouldn't heal people on the Sabbath. And he's saying, look, the Sabbath wasn't, wasn't made for you. It was, it was, the Sabbath is set apart as a day of rest, but he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is in charge of the Sabbath. And so therefore he was wrecking their methods. He was wrecking their religion and their tradition. And so the sad part is, is the pulpits haven't equipped the believers with any type of method rather than just saying, we're going to go reach our city. We're going to go touch and see many people get saved, but they've never given the people any tool to work with. And that should not be the case. And that's my part of my job. And what I do is I go around and I just, I've been given a method myself because look, this is the reality. When I first got saved, we, I got taught a method on how to properly share the gospel. Because you, there's different methods. Not one method is the only way to do it. There's many different ways to catch fish. There's different uh, type of hooks. There's different types of bait. And so whatever method works, great. Praise God. I don't care. But there needs to be a method in the hands of the people. And I remember uh, when I first learned to soul win, they had a bracelet. And each on there was a there was a bunch of different colors on the bracelet, and then there was a card that came with the bracelet. We would hand the bracelet to somebody and say, "Hey, we want to tell you about the different what the different colors mean." And they would be like, "Okay, cool, thanks for the bracelet." And then we would say, "The red color means this, the blue color means this, the green means that, the black means this." And then we with each color would come a scripture, and it literally would just be the Romans' road to salvation, where we would tell people that the wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is a eternal life through Jesus Christ, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and we'd be reading the scripture, and at the end of it, we would say, would you like to receive the gift that God has for you, and many times people would say yes, and that was a method that was used to lead people to Jesus, well, we the one of the reasons why 95% of the churches of the believers have not led anybody to Jesus, they don't have a method, and so we need to, we need to crush that by giving people a method, period. And if you don't have a method, I want to encourage you right now, go to Revival.com, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. They have a simple soul-winning script that we use to tell, and we train people all around the nation uh, to lead people to Jesus using this method. Like I just got done saying, I just got done explaining, there's different methods. So if you have a method that works, praise God. If you don't have a method at all, go to Revival.com right now and look up the soul-winning script and print it off. And take it and, and use it. It's very simple, and all you have to do is simply read it. And when you get a tool in your hand, then you can begin to break through these barriers. So first you got to deal with fear. Then you got to deal with that mindset of, well, am I supposed to lead people to Jesus because I'm a believer? And i got to leave it up to, don't I need to leave it up to my pastor? No, all of us are called to win the lost. And then number three, grabbing a hold of a method and using it. And, and and going and telling somebody about Jesus. Because you need a method. Jesus had many methods. He laid hands on the sick. He spoke and the sick were healed. He used many different methods. This is just a method to bring the gospel to somebody. Amen. And, uh, and when you grab a hold of that, then we can begin to change the statistic. So I want to give you... Now those are the three things to deal with to break down these barriers. So how can you go out... Or how can we change this statistic as a whole? Number one, I'm doing the best I can teach people through a method that works. Just went over that. We got to teach people the method that works. Number two, we need to revive people through the power of the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, this is important. I'm going to take some time on this because you can't 
go out and lead somebody to Jesus being dead. You got to be alive. You got to be revived. You got to know that you got to have the life of God in Christ in you. You can't go out there as a religious Pharisee, Sadducee, couldn't see, wouldn't see and lead anybody to Jesus because no one's going to want what you got. But you got to get allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you, fill you up with his presence, fill you up with his power, get some joy in your heart. You know, many times when I'm training other people to lead people to Jesus, I always use this phrase, you need some grace for your face. I mean, put a smile on your face. That goes a long ways before you begin to talk to somebody about Jesus. You need to put a smile on your face. It's just that simple. And that will go a very, very long way. And because revived people are happy people. If you're revived, if you're in love with Jesus, if you've fallen in love with Jesus afresh, I've never met anybody who, who genuinely is, is, is uh, in revival, but they're depressed. You can't go out and be in revival and win people to the Lord and be depressed. You got to deal with that. So you need to get the fire of the Holy Ghost. How do you get the fire of the Holy Ghost? You cry out and say, God, I want your fire. Fill me with your fire. Get into a church that's where the Holy Ghost is able to move, where people believe in the move of God, and let the fire of God come upon you. Get into revival services. Get around. Get to the place where, where God is moving. You know, many people are still going to churches that the Holy Spirit isn't allowed to move, and they're wondering why they're stagnant in life. You need to get to a church where God is able to move, where you can get filled with the Holy Ghost, and so then you get a desire to go out and win the lost. That might be another point to add. Many people don't go and share their faith because they're in a dead church. They need to get up and get out of there. This is not the time to, to play religious games. This is not the time to play uh, patty cake with Christianity. This is the time to get the fire of God and go out and do something before it's eternally too late. This is not the time to play games. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. Very soon. So we need the fire of God. I remember uh, when I just got to Bible school, we came fresh out of, we did a revival week for the for the students, fresh out of revival week, and now it's time to get into going out on the streets and going out and leading people to Jesus. And I remember they uh, they so uh separated us into different vehicles and I went out with who became he is still one of my best friends and we went out to uh the bus stop and when we got to the bus stop uh this is like my first time being in Tampa winning people to Jesus and I remember being nervous dealing with dealing with these things this is the first time that I actually was trained on this method on the soul winning script and using it for the very first time and I remember uh being so afraid but the fire of God was burning. The fire of God was, was causing me to go. I was I mean, I was full of joy, but at the same time nervous. And I remember the Lord used a group of people to help me break through this barrier. The first time I led somebody to Jesus in Florida, I'm just walking around. My friend just led somebody to the Lord who uh, literally in front of us fell off of a skateboard. I mean, he was going <laughs> going down the hill, and he literally just ate it. I mean, it was it was funny, but it wasn't funny. But it's almost like the you know an angel tripped him right off that thing and he got saved. Praise God! Thank God for uh, for accidents on skateboards in front of soul winners. Hallelujah! But anyways, he got saved and then I started walking towards the bus stop and there was a group of people and you know what they did? It had to be the it had to be the Holy Ghost upon me. It had to be the fire of God upon me because of revival. And I remember them seeing me and then said, "Hey, are you out here to pray for people?" 
and all I got in my hand is base, is the soul winning script, but it's not like I'm waving it around like, hey, with a big sign that says, hey, pray, need prayer, question mark, I'm here. I wasn't doing that. I was just walking around, and they said, are you, are you praying for people? And I said, yeah, I am. And they're like, come over here. We really need prayer. We really need prayer. I go over there, start praying, for, uh, asking them what's going on with you. They begin to tell me what's going on with them. And, and before I even got into praying what they asked me, I went straight in on the script and said, has anyone ever told you God loves you guys? They said, no one's ever told us that. We just need prayer. And I remember going through the gospel saying, for the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Whoever calls upon your name shall be saved. And I said, say this prayer with me. They, they accepted Jesus right there on the spot, all of them. And then after that, I prayed for whatever they needed for. And off they went full of joy and full, full of peace. And that's, it was because of the fire of God, the power of God, the anointing of God up, upon me that I didn't have to do anything besides go and God called for them, called, had, had them call for me. That's what happens when you're, you're revived. That's what happens when you have the anointing on your life. That's what happens when you have the fire of God. See, it, it, it's, it just, it just comes naturally. But if you're, if you're full of religion, if you're full of tradition, this thing ain't going to work for you. You can get out of that, but you got to get the fire of God. You got to say, right, you got to say, God, I want your fire. Come and burn everything out of me that is not of you. I need your fire. I want to lead people to Jesus. I don't want to get to eternity empty handed. I don't want to get to eternity alone. Give me your fire so I can go out and tell people about Jesus. And once you get that fire and you're revived, then guess what? After you go, you just need to start go, start going. You need to start going. You know, one of the problems is you you got everything above. You understand it all, but people just don't go. There's excuses that are made. Get rid of all excuses and start going. If your church has a program where they're going out and sh uh, sharing the faith, sharing their faith once a week, twice a twice a month, uh, one time a month, every other month, whatever the case is, be there. Go every single time. And watch how as you break that barrier of one, as you lead that first person to Jesus, and God God will He'll begin to break your heart for the lost after that. It's just breaking that barrier of one because one will turn into five, will turn into ten, will turn into fifty, will turn into a hundred. And do you see the multiplication factor? And now if you're leading to somebody to Jesus, it becomes contagious to other believers. Or it becomes an irritant to other believers because there's twofold to the fire. One, the fire of God. Other people will be like, wow, you know, I want to lead people to Jesus. I want to get on fire because of what I see you doing in your life. Man, I want to lead people to Jesus. And then on the other side, it challenges people who aren't leading people to Jesus. And then they're because they're full of religion and tradition and there's persecution. But either way, you, you got to go. You got to you're going to stir some things up. And that's okay because that's part of this thing. You're going to receive persecution in this life. But, it you know, we got to get going. And then just for every person who will come and persecute you, God will send you like one or two other people who's going to catch fire and run with you. So just keep going. But you just got to start by going. Go. Go. How are you going to break that barrier of one? You're going to just go. Get a method. Get the fire of God. Get these mindsets correct that we talked about. If you got to re-listen to this a couple different times, then do it. And watch how you, as you go, then the, that as you go and soul win, that, that fire of God stirs up more and more and more. I mean, how do you want to throw wood on your fire as a believer? Soul win. Go and share your faith and watch what God will do. But you just got to go. And look at the multiplication factor here because 
Jesus is coming soon. I shared the story about New York City in part one. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. The urgency for eternity is at hand, and, and we need more people sharing their faith. Look, I can only lead so many people to Jesus in 24 hours, but if I can get every single person listening to this a message right now to go and share their faith, that's a multiplication factor. That's, that's potential hundreds, if not thousands of people eventually leading people to Jesus, and as you lead somebody to Jesus, someone else is going to catch fire and lead people to Jesus, and then it's a multiplication factor, and that statistic is going to go down. And we're going to see eventually, I believe, we're going to see another great awakening that's going to sweep across this nation, that all 50 states are going to be set ablaze by the fire of God. It is not going to be because of another great evangelist who came to town and who was raised up in a big ministry, but it's going to be because it's going to be because of people like like you who are going to say, yes, Lord, use me in my neighborhood, in my town, in my place, in my state. I'm going to take responsibility for this gospel message that you've given me freely. I have received freely give, and we're going to usher in the return of Jesus in a glorious way because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of his son, the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of the great, awesome cross sacrifice that jesus paid that no one should have to go to hell because jesus paid the price come on isn't that good news doesn't that just stir you up come on begin to just pray and ask god right where you're at to fill you with his fire to give you a passion for the lost to say lord i want to break this barrier of one and maybe you're listening and you're saying look i've led somebody to jesus i've already broken that barrier of one well how about you break the barrier of 10 how about you break the barrier of 50 how about you break the barrier of one-on-one to groups how about go if you've already done groups how about a a big crowd how about a a microphone in your hand how about a, a bus hop on a bus How about a stadium? Come on, there's no limits to God. We got to believe God for bigger and greater and more in Jesus' mighty name. And I believe that you didn't listen to this by accident, but God is going to use you to be a soul winner because it's not what you do, it's who you are. You are destined to be a soul winner because you have it in your DNA because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. Man, I just preached myself happy. Come on. I'm ready to run around this place right now. Hallelujah. God is going to do it in Jesus' mighty name. Well, we're going to be doing more parts of this series. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It helps us. Leave a review. And uh, we love you. God bless you. And we look forward to what God is going to do now in this time and even unto eternity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZanerMinistries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.